Welcome to Prince Track by Track, I'm your host Darren, and today we're going to be talking about elephants and flowers from Graffiti Bridge. First recorded on the 6th of October 1988 at Paisley Park, and released on the 20th of August 1990. On the track, it is just Prince, uh, by himself, doing everything. All the vocals, all the instruments, everything. Um, obviously this song was, much like a number of songs on this album, recorded uh, you know, a few years earlier, and when Prince needed to fill out the tracks on Graffiti Bridge, he went back into the vault and picked out some songs. Um, this track is 3 minutes 54, and joining me to talk about this is Dan Costa. Hello, Dan. Hey, Darren. Now, Dan, before we get into things, um, this is your first time as a guest on the podcast, so I'm just going to ask you, you know, uh, how aware were you of Prince as an artist, uh, you know, growing up? Do, you know, do you remember seeing him... You know, his big hits. Do you remember, you know, kind of, you know, maybe the Batman album? I yes. Mean, that seems to be like one that most people kind of around our age seem to remember. So um, my, that was my first album was the Batman album. And I loved it. I listened to it. Uh, I've, I had it on CD, actually. And I listened. I loved it because I loved everything Batman. And I think that those songs are brilliant. I think that I just fell off with Prince after that because I got into real, got into the grunge music. I was a big uh, Pearl Jam, Nirvana fan. And then um, I always respected Prince, but I really didn't like keep up with his catalog. Um, I do have a question for you because an early memory I have was my father not liking Prince. And the, the okay. reason I remember this was because he said that they asked him to be on We Are The, um, we are the World, right? That, that was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's, he, I, know where, I know where this story is he going. he wanted money, I, right? Your, your father was... I mean, there's been many different versions of this. And there is actually a song which is called Hello, which Prince wrote in direct response to okay. this story. <laughs> One of the very few times where Prince did this. And in that song, he actually has the lyrics where he says... You know, um, that th- they asked him to participate, like just to sing on it, and he said no, but I'll write a song for you. Um, and you know, they wanted him to kind of, you know, kowtow to Michael Jackson yeah, yeah. and Quincy Jones and kind of be part of the chorus line. And Prince, obviously, <laughs> you know, he's a man who who was known by one name. Yeah. He's not any part of any chorus line, quite <laughs> frankly. Uh, you know, so he kind of he turned he kind of turned them down. And said, if you want, you know, I'll record this song and you can put it on, you know, like as one of the B-sides on the single or whatever. And, you know, and that will be it, you know, and, you know, any like profits obviously will go to, you know, the charity and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, that (laughs) he kind of suggested that to them. And apparently, you know, they kind of turned it down and said, "Uh, no, no, thank you very much. Mm -hmm. So he was like, "Okay, all right. (laughs) And he kind of. He kind of moved on with his life and then he put out, you know, this song called Hello where he kind of, you know, tells the story of what happened. Well, I'll have to check um, that out. But yeah, so I think I think that's funny that your father kind of <laughs> yeah. went off Prince because Prince is like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to take part in yeah. this. Uh, you know, which if you're Prince... You know, you're, you're, talking, you're talking about Prince, you know, at this point, this was right after Purple yes, Rain. Yes, yeah. Like... Like Prince, you know, he probably never, apart from, you know, when he played the Super Bowl, he was probably never bigger than that moment. Right, right. And, you know, to him, it probably felt like, you know, Michael Jackson and Quincy Jones and everybody else trying to exploit Prince's fame and use that to kind of get record sales. Yeah. And Prince, 
you know, he, I mean, he wrote songs for other people over his career, but they were always people who were, let's say, slightly less successful than him. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, so, so he, he was never, he was never one to kind of be like, oh yeah, you know, like I'll take part in something. And, yeah. you know, later in his career, he had, you know, Third Eye Girl were his band and he shared vocals on most of the songs with those ladies. Yeah. So, you know, he did kind of, and, you know, we'll talk about on a different track, not this track, but we'll talk about on another track where he, he shares the spotlight. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so he's not averse to doing that, but I just think if you're talking, you know, 1984 Prince, that is Prince, you know, wearing that wonderful purple jacket, yes. um, you know, and just, and just not taking nonsense from anybody right. else. And, Kind of being asked to be like you know the seventh person to sing "We Are the World," yeah. that was just not, not for him. That he not was for him. No, I get it. Part. I get it. No, and so yeah, I mean it's funny because like you say that like I it's funny that your father would even kind of like know that kind of like backstage <laughs> gossip or something. It's just I don't know. It just it just makes me have this picture of your father as like a very kind of gossipy person <laughs> who's like reading Us Weekly or something, being like, "Have you heard? Have you heard Prince won't sing on We Are the World?" Like just kind of. I don't know. I'm sure that is nothing like, like your father is like, but it just brings that image up to me of like someone being really kind of like, you know, into the gossip. I, I, I like, love oh. that idea too. You know. Cause if you saw my father, this, you know, Vietnam vet, <laughs> uh, mailman <laughs> looks a little bit like Frodo, um, <laughs> more like Bilbo actually. Yeah. And, um, it's, it, the fact that he would be wrapped up in this gossip is very funny. I think another thing <laughs> is that my parents were super conservative for like, uh, uh, probably like just the mid eighties and they got over it real quick. Yeah. But like, especially against like <laughs> sexually um, suggestive themes. Like we weren't allowed to wa- watch um, uh, who's the boss. I don't know if you're familiar <laughs> with that because there was sexual innuendo. Sexual innuendo was like the biggest deal to my mom. And um, so obviously Prince is, all of his songs are yeah, no, dripping I, well, with sexual. In- <laughs> yeah, so I, I mean, I could, I could understand that. Yeah, I, and it's yeah. funny because you know, by the time Prince got to like the kind of the mid '90s, like he became a lot more religious, uh, particularly yes. towards the end of the '90s, and so even he rejected like some of his songs from the early '80s. So, really? he, so you know, he kind of would have ended up being on your parents' side by the yeah. time you know we got kind of closer towards his death. So I think that's quite funny, you know, that your parents. This song has a religious bent to it, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, let's get into the song, you know, um, Elephants of Flowers. Um, In terms of like a, you know, like a a genre, um, I have no idea what to classify this as. Doesn't Prince deserve his own genre? I mean... Like, I I wrote that down. I put funk, but maybe Prince deserves like his own category. Like, he's he's a combination. It's funny because I would say it is quite a funk song, but it's obviously trying to be a very kind of like straight down the middle pop song. Um, yeah, but the kind of the incorporation of record scratching. This is like the first time that Prince has kind of done something like that on a on a song. Oh, really? So you know that's kind of like a, a different development. And also um, in the in the film Graffiti Bridge, you know Prince he, he performs wearing this wonderful kind of um, black and white number, uh, where he has like a kind of uh, like a checkerboard kind of almost yes. like a half cape, um, and then he has like <laughs> trousers that have got one white leg and one black leg. And all of his band are in black and white. Uh, and mm-hmm. throughout the song, he keeps like pointing and you keep seeing this person scratching a record, but you never see who that person actually is because there's no one in his band who has like any decks near them. So I don't know where that person is, but uh, <laughs> I, it's, it's, it's really weird because this is like a, 
within the structure of the film, um, you know, the kid, uh, you know, he's meant to be less popular than the time. So at this point in the film, you know, we're about like 20 minutes in and um, we've just had the song Weekend Funk, which is sung by George Clinton. You know, though there's a there's a version that's on the the deluxe version of the Purple Rain, which is got a slightly different title and and it basically is kind of the exact same song but George Clinton just sang over the top of it for the film you know and we go to the club and we see Prince with his band uh, with Levi and Maiko and he's got the Game Boys dancing at the back um, you know and we've got this keyboardist who's just an actor he's not really a keyboardist he's the only like non-musician um, and you've got the drummer who is Michael B, who will eventually be the drummer in the, the new Power Generation the following year. Uh, and you've got mm-hmm. Rosie Gaines on stage with them as well, who, you know, obviously she would also be in the new Power Generation. Um, and in the audience, you have like five people and, and, the, <laughs> and the club is like basically empty. And, yeah. you know, the story is that Prince's music is so kind of like crazy and out there that nobody's coming to see them play live. There's a conversation between Ingrid Chavez and T.C. Ellis, and they talk, you know, Aura points out that there's hardly anybody here, and T.C. says that never stops the kid, you know, like he'll play in front of nobody, basically. You just keep playing. Um, And as the song goes on, uh, whenever Prince says the words stripped down, um, the members of the the audience, who are kind of almost like a, they look like almost like a kind of like a ballet troupe, the way they're dancing together, they gradually kind of like take clothes off as they're going throughout the kind of performance. So they're kind of gradually getting naked. And by the time they finish, uh, obviously your parents probably would not approve of this. It's kind of like like a pile of flesh where, I mean, everyone's still wearing stuff below the waist, but kind of they're all topless and kind of dancing like on top of each other. Um, And I don't know. Which is, you know, it's really weird. Typical it, synchronized stripping, right? Yeah. It happens all the time. <laughs> yeah, but the weirdest thing is it kind of contrasts with the lyrics, which, you know, um, which yeah. Prince kind of tells a story. Uh, and I'm not going to yeah. lie, I love the production on this song. Like the like the lyrics of, like, it's Prince is almost like in the mic. Like he's very yeah. kind of close. Um, and he talks about Boy is Lonely on a Burning Hot Summer Night. He's looking for some action. He's looking for a fight, which is a kind of an unusual thing for Prince to kind of sing about. But mm-hmm. uh, he's looking for a savior in a city full of fools. And then uh, probably my like one of my favorite lines on this album, maybe he just needs a good talker to give him a good talking to. It, that's <laughs> what I wrote down, too. That was my favorite line. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think that's really cool. That's it's a good it's a good song. It really grew on me, too. I had never heard it until now. Yeah, I, I, I've got to admit to you, I've never seen a Prince movie. <laughs> <laughs> he's got three, right? I mean, technically speaking, he's got four if you count Sign of the Times, which is just a concert film. But there are little okay. vignettes that join each of the songs together in the concert. But yeah, he has three narrative films, two of which managed to garner him a Razzie for Worst Director. This being one Cher- of them. Under the Cherry Moon? Uh, yeah, Under the Cherry Moon and Graffiti Bridge. Those were the ones that kind okay. of garnered him the, the Razzies. But yeah, I mean, Under the Cherry Moon, one of the songs that's on, on that in that film actually won the Razzie for Worst Song. <laughs> And I don't think that's justified because that's the song that won is not the like, like not a terrible song. So right, um, but yeah, I they, mean they just glom on when the Razzies do that. They'll, yeah, like when they find the topic to pick on, they just like whatever they can throw at it, they will. Yeah, and that's I mean that's kind of just what it felt like. But yeah, um, so I mean it's funny because you know um, I, I of the people who've been guests you know for these episodes. I don't. I think maybe one person's seen Graffiti Bridge, and I don't think anybody else has seen Graffiti Bridge. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you know, in terms of the plot, it's just basically kind of almost like Purple Rain, but you know, six years later. 
Um, yeah. You know, it's still the time versus the kid. You know, who is the better band? You know, who is more popular? Except this time around, um, you know, the kid gets way more songs than he did in Purple Rain. In Purple Rain, they're actually quite restrained and they kind of limit him to like three or four performances. Whereas here, yeah. it's like pretty much every other scene is Prince performing a song. Um, you know, but yeah, I mean, I just love that kind of good talker to give him a good talking to because it's such a kind of clever like kind that. of use of, you know, like what a good talking to means and yeah. kind of, you know, making making that like a person who would do that would be a good talker. Obviously, a good talking to usually means like telling someone off, doesn't it? So, right, it's, right. But this is kind of almost feels like it's not the same, like he's not saying that, he's saying something completely different. And then, of course, you know, he says, Can we talk, baby? <laughs> and, and you know, <laughs> I, I I love any time where Prince kind of uses kind of uh, you know uh, nicknames for anyone. So I, I just love that. And then obviously you know the kind of the chorus itself is just kind of stripped down, stripped down. Um, later on, he adds elephants and flowers. Um, yeah. But for this first time round, he says, "I think I'm going to fall in love tonight." Um, and you know that's kind of where you kind of like the main kind of basis of this song. Is, you know, aside from kind of like the scratching is this kind of keyboard with a bass. And when he says, I think mm-hmm. I'm going to fall in love tonight, you kind of have the bass kind of comes right in just as he finishes that line. Um, so he did everything. Yes, this is he Prince. He did all everything. the instruments and... Wow. Yeah. I think the, the scratching nice. sounds like it's sampled with the Fairlight CM3, uh, which was a sampler that he bought a few years before. Um, and it doesn't it, like it doesn't sound like he's actually scratching anything. It just sounds like he sampled a record scratch, and then yeah, he's just playing yeah, yeah. it every now and again, um, you know. And um, <laughs> then he does sing "Elephants and Flowers," and then uh, probably like I mean I don't know what he's trying to say when he says "hot sweaty light paints a picture red and gold" um, oh, on a yeah, on know. a crowd of naked bodies stripped down to their very souls. Um, which I guess that that reflects what the dancers end up doing. You know, they kind of end there up, you, and, you know, so he's he's kind of telling them what to do almost. Um, and then he asks, how can he find a shy angel in a city so bold? Um, and then, of course, he actually samples himself and kind of plays it saying so bold. Uh, and he mm-hmm. says he can't even find a place to dance. This is rock and roll. Um, and <laughs> I mean, I, th- I think the funny thing is, like um, when he says, is everybody ready? Here we go. Um, and then we go into kind of like the, the, the kind of middle eight part, which is where it gets a bit more kind of like spiritual, right. you know, the kind of the influence of the revolution you can kind of hear on certain songs. And when he gets, you know, the, the new power generation, the songs on, um, you know, uh, the next two albums, they sound completely different to, you know, what's on graffiti bridge. So this kind yeah. of sounds, I mean, it particularly has a, 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 knowing that it's recorded in 88, it has that kind of 87, 88 Prince feel, which is just Prince yeah. in the studio with a drum machine and a sampler and, you know, putting a guitar kind of over the top of it. But you can see how this influenced music after the time it came out, you know, like the, you know, that, uh, um, that early nineties dance music. And, yeah. you know, I something we haven't mentioned, which is at the beginning of the song, Prince has uh, his guitar make like, I don't know, like an elephant noise. I think it's meant to be, Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> which is kind of like with a kind of, Oh, uh, some guitar effects. He has this kind of, this not a screech, but it just kind of sounds like a roar. That's like almost sounds like an elephant, like at the beginning you of the track. You nailed it. Yeah, it sounds like an elephant sound. I yeah, mean, definitely. And and he he kind of uses that a few times throughout the song as well. Um, you know, yeah. there's no real like kind of guitar solo or anything like that. There's just occasional kind of little bits of guitar here and there. And we kind of get to I'm not, I would I mean I'd say it's a mid late, but it feels to me more kind of like a, a second chorus mm-hmm. uh, because it, it kind of a, it, it reappears a few times. 
Um, and it, it says, you know, um, with with Prince kind of uh, multi-track in his voice, he says, love is the one who love, the one who gives us power, the one who made everything, elephants and flowers. I mean, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why that gets in there, but uh, <laughs> the one who will listen when all others will not, there will be peace for those who love God a lot, which I kind of... Isn't that weird? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, the first few times I heard this song, I thought he said he would love God above or yeah, something like that. Yeah. But but God a lot is just a kind of it's just an odd <laughs> thing is. for him to say. But it's but it's it's not like kind of love God completely either. It's like just yeah, love him a lot. A whole know? bunch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um so I mean and, and also, you know, within the within the film, um Aura played by English Chavez, um when he says, you know, looking for an angel she appears on screen and her character is essentially meant to be like an angel. Okay. Um, you know, it, during this song, she mystically changes from wearing denim to wearing leather. Um, she kind of vanishes off screen and then reappears in leather. I don't know why she, I don't know why she made that change, but both times, both times she has a gigantic belt buckle, belt buckle that says aura. Of course. Just in case people don't know that. That's also, that's also actually a, that's a, that's a kind of Prince thing anyway. Um, you know, on his 1988 tour, pretty much everybody had their name on their costume at some, oh, like somewhere. Fantastic. And Prince had, Prince Prince had trousers that said Prince on them. So nice. <laughs> just in case, nice. just in case anybody kind of got confused backstage yeah. as to which clothes they wouldn't need to put on. That was branding. Uh, like he was like ahead of his time. Like, well, yeah. I mean, uh, but the weirdest thing is you've got like Bonnie Boyer who has Bonnie Boyer on her arm, and you're like, <laughs> I, I mean. <laughs> like she's not going to be able to wear that out. I no, mean, right? <laughs> you know, it just looks kind of ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, so you know, having someone with a gigantic belt buckle, belt buckle that says their name, it's kind of like a typical Prince thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, and I, I mean, I kind of love the 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 kind of the the reappearance of you know the reappearance of the words elephants and flowers over and over again a bit basically where he says you know think I'm going to fall in love tonight and then he goes and when I do there will be no more and then you have these little kind of interjections where it says confusion. And he says, there will be no more, no tears. There will be no more enemies. So that eliminates all fear. There will be no sorrow. And then a little bit of sorrow. And he goes, there'll be no pain, no pain. And then confusingly, he says, there will be no ball yeah. and no chain. And as he does that, he kind of goes quite low down. <laughs> and then he says, strip down, strip down, elephants and flowers. Um, and we get the opening line once more as the yeah. kind of as the band kind of drops out a little bit. Um, and then we get the, the repetition of the love, love the one who is love, um, you know. Uh, and then and the song kind of then just at the end kind of just fades out with this kind of keyboard riff, which in the film, basically you get the entire song in the film as well. It's worth saying Dude, oh, the whole this thing, is like yeah. a f- you get a full performance from nice. beginning to end. And as that keyboard plays, you just see the, the mass of bodies kind of like dancing and Prince is just kind of on stage smiling. I don't know why he's smiling because there's basically nobody in this club. Right. Uh, you know, it's like practically <laughs> empty. But yeah, so I mean, I just I just love that kind of, you know, the, there'll be no more confusion. Like, I mean, again, this like this song kind of hides, you know, it's kind of spiritual message a little bit because obviously, you know, he says there will be peace for those who love God a lot. And then he goes into this, you know, there'll be no more confusion, no tears, no sorrow, no pain. Um, and then, and then the really weird no ball and no chain. Um, it seemed to me the um, do do you have the bumper stickers? Uh, do you ever see the bumper stickers? Let go, let God. We get to, we see that a lot. I believe I believe it's a no. um, <laughs> a twelve step thing. 
Like if people are going through right. the twelve step program, and um, so that's what this song meant. Like it's like people that have that religious um, or that uh, relationship with God, they kind of let themselves go into you know and let God take over their life, and hopefully that would they they're hoping to eliminate that pain that um, you know those issues of you know it could be an addiction or that ball and chain could be that. Um, uh, to me, like a more of like an um, anxiety or like, you know, um, maybe uh, just the not a not like talking about his, his wife, like the old ball and chain. That's, <laughs> that is what I the thing is, that is what always comes to mind. Yeah, me, when course. he says there'll be no ball and no chain. Yeah. I always think he's like kind of doing like a kind of, you know, early 80s stand up talking about the old ball and chain. That's right. That's right. Always sounds. But I don't think he is. I like the honeymooners. <laughs> yeah that's it like i don't i don't think that would have been in prince's like ideas that's why right. but yeah i mean i'd never thought of it like that way but yeah it does kind of have the feeling of like a the prayer that they say for like alcoholics anonymous yeah it kind of does have that kind of feeling of like um you know uh like a born again christian yeah. type thing of kind of giving yourself over right, right um yeah but i mean i just i mean when he says no ball and no chain he kind of goes from his higher register right down into his lower register and kind of like the bass and the keyboard follow him down there um, and so that's why I kind of love the kind of production of this song, mm-hmm. um, because you know, because it is like it is very, it's like a very unusual sound, um, you know, which kind of tends to happen when it's just Prince by himself in the studio. Um, you know, he has a habit of kind of experimenting a little bit more when it's just himself. Um, you know, if if there's other, like, it almost feels like if there's other band members, he doesn't want to waste their time on <laughs> recording a kind of a, an experimental song. Right, right. You know, but when it's just him by himself in the studio, you know, recording a song in a day, it's almost like, well, you know, I'm going to spend six hours doing this song. I may as well kind of, you know, have a bit of fun with it. Imagine the stuff that's that's in that vault. I mean, just imagine, my God. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is as well, that, like. Uh, you know, this was this song is actually referred to in a song called Soul Psychedelicide, uh, which itself is referred to in the song Jeez. Question of You. <laughs> so Prince has all these weird kind of little references. But there's like a number of songs that were recorded like around this, this same kind of time, like around the beginning of like October um, 88. Um, and they all kind of reference each other and they all kind of have roughly the same kind of sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of those songs, you know, like... Um, uh, Question of You, Elephant of Flowers, you know, uh, We Camp Funk, those have all kind of been released, but there's a few songs like Soul Psychedelicide, which itself has never been released. Um, wow. You know, there are some kind of unreleased songs that people kind of are aware of from this time. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I can only imagine, you know, because there's like, after this, there's still, um, you know, like another 27 years That's of his career. So crazy. there's a lot of, a lot of time for him to kind of, you know, put stuff out, but also put stuff into the vault. Yeah. You know, he 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 performed this song on the 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 tour that followed this album, but then he kind of dropped it for about a decade. Uh-huh. And then around the early 2000s he kind of started performing it again, which I kind of understand because, you know, in the late 1990s he became uh, Jehovah's Witness and this feels like one of the songs from, you know, the 80s that actually fits in yeah. with him being a Jehovah's Witness. And then for his final couple of tours he he started playing this song again um after not playing it for about 10 years. So, you know, this is this is one of the rare songs from Graffiti Bridge that he actually played live. Uh, there are so many songs on this album that he basically never ever performed live. Oh wow, really? Yeah, and I'm guessing because he'd done them in the film, I guess, you know, to him that was if you've done them in the film, that's a definitive performance. You don't really need to keep playing them over and over again like also some of these songs for this album were eight years old nine years old by that point i think prince was just glad to kind of get one on album and out of the way um but yeah so i mean i there's one cover version that i actually found um and it's i mean i saw that 
it's not like um, I was going to say it's not a legit cover version, which sounds kind of cruel. But um, what I mean is this is kind of like um, it's just like a, a guy called Art Please Pleasley, which is not an easy name. Really, he should change yeah. that. Um, yeah. And um, on YouTube at this moment, it's only got about a thousand views, but it's him basically kind of pl- playing um, for a fundraiser for elephants. And so he played he played this song because it was his uh, his his friend's favorite Prince song. Uh, it's just him on like a you know like a, a rooftop. Uh, you can kind of see people walking past. I know. And, and he's got kind of like this the samples. Um, yep. You know of the song, and then he kind of you know sings the lyrics over the the various kind of different samples that he's got, um, and I really you know I really liked it. I'm I'm not a fan of people covering Prince songs, um, yep. you know, and obviously this isn't like you know someone recording this in a studio. This isn't you know like um, Tom Jones and the Art of Noise or whatever doing Kiss. This is just like a you know like a live cover version, single yeah single person, and he he i think for one person doing everything all himself he he nailed it his voice was good too and i you know so you know i i think uh when i release this episode i'll probably put a link to that um uh on the facebook page or something but yeah i mean you know i i, I kind of really enjoyed it because i think as well he kind of captures the kind of performance element that's in graffiti bridge of this kind of being a song, I mean, almost sung to an indifferent audience, basically. Yeah. Uh, you can't, I, which sounds unfair, but you can't really hear the audience because obviously the audience aren't mic'd up, but people do right. seem to be enjoying the song um, as they kind of walk past. Um, and they do, you know, he does get a good round of applause at the end. Um, but it kind of, for me, it, it's really weird because it's like, it's almost like he's performing it like Prince did in the film where nobody's paying yep. any attention to it. Um, there's a guy with a baby that walks by <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so i mean so that was that's like a really fun version but that's the only kind of cover version that i could find uh anywhere um you know i would say that's kind of because this is really you know this is an album this is a, a kind of a true album track uh, yeah you know it's prince kind of just kind of having some fun experimenting a little bit uh you know and kind of putting a putting a message out there of you know love god <laughs> which becomes well, more and more common as we go through the decade it stuck with me and you know i was uh, singing elephants and flowers like you know afterwards so it i think it's a good track yeah like, well i would this is probably my se- like at least my second favorite song on this album um yeah. so i'd have to say five out of five ever since the first time i the first time i saw this song was when i watched the film and yeah. you know um i had it on like vhs and immediately like rewound it and watched the performance again and That's you awesome. know that was the only way for me to listen to the song at the time because i didn't know the album yeah. Yeah. and i just I, I you know i i kind of wore the vhs out just rewinding it and watching this one performance because i just love this song so much i i would give it a four i think that it's it's definitely funky and uh epitomizes everything great about prince so okay well i feel like we said as much as we possibly can about elephants and flowers yeah. uh so let's go to any plugs do you have anything you wish to plug down uh no <laughs> <laughs> my, unfortunately my, my podcast is over uh, at least for now but uh people can follow me on twitter at dan costa 40 and you can find us on facebook at prince track by track or you could follow us on twitter at prince podcast or you could email us not sure why you would at prince track by track at gmail.com uh, thanks for being my guest here today oh you're welcome thank you for having me and otherwise strip down the new power generation have just taken control Oh